Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Action Action, the action movie podcast that watches all the action movies. We put them on our list, rank them best to worst. <laughs> My name is James, and I am always joined uh, by, <laughs> or I'm joined with, no, you in were, presence. No, you were doing good. You were doing okay. good. Okay. You fucked it up. <laughs> okay, I fucked it up. Uh, Dustin. Hey, here I am. <laughs> here you are. Uh, uh, so, hey, we're a part of the BFOP network. Uh, you should check out all the great shows like Return, Revenge, Resurrection. Holy crappy now. Um, Cartwright, I think. I think that's a Patreon only. Um, but uh, Talking Back. Talking Back. Uh, Podcasting After Dark. Hell yeah. Comics Underground. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think one of the dudes from Blast from Our Past started that, a comic book uh, podcast, yeah. Um, I gotta check that out. I, are love, they still, I love comic books. Are they still doing the trivia one? Throwback trivia takedown. I haven't heard about any, anything about that one in a while, but uh, maybe maybe it's still oh, yeah. Going. We haven't checked in since the last yeah. one. We still haven't had <laughs> still haven't had a, an all hands on deck meeting of the BFOP network here. Right. Like, um, hey guys, what what podcasts are still active? Yeah, like we're in, we're still a part of your network, right? <laughs> <laughs> you guys aren't having meetings without us, right? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so we're a part of the BFOP network, so you should definitely check out those shows. This is episode, official episode, we've done more episodes than this, but this is the official episode, uh, number 290. 290, wow, we're getting, uh, so, we're getting close, we're gonna do something special for 300. We have an idea. <laughs> we have a really original, really original idea. idea. <laughs> so unique, you guys are gonna be shocked. <laughs> Uh, anyways, this episode, uh, we are covering, uh, a film from 1984, Red Dawn, which is a Patreon pick. That's yeah. a Ryan pick. Ryan pick. Ryan, here it is. It's finally, it's finally a reality. It's finally upon us. Um, but before we get to that, uh, Dustin, why don't we do a little segment we call Sink or Swim, Seek or Destroy. Right. Uh, It's yeah. been a while. It's been a little while because we recorded a year in review episode. So, and in between that and our Christmas episode, there's, uh, you know, uh, I've been mo- I was mostly watching Christmas movies. Right. So I'll, I'll go through a few of those, even though we're out of that season now. Uh, I tried to watch the How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the 2000 film with Jim Carrey. Yep. We had talked about that on our our Patreon episode, our top five Christmas episodes, and I was yeah. saying I didn't like it, you but I was gonna do I was it. gonna try again. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> no, I can't. So what is it? It's so fucking obnoxious. 
it's like everything that is happens and is said gets under my skin and i i it is i honestly think it's one of the top five worst movies i've ever watched in my life uh i will say this the great costuming and like sets and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but man yeah i can't i can't stand it i fucking hate it so much wow now to counteract that i had to go and watch scrooged which of course we also talked about yeah, on Scrooge. that Christmas episode. That's an awesome movie. That's a five star banger right there. Yeah, just wonderful. Love it. Uh, I watched. I didn't watch Die Hard this year, if you can believe it, but I did watch Die Hard too. Right. And that was a lot of fun, of course, always. And then I watched a couple movies I didn't really realize were Christmas movies. A couple action films: mm-hmm. Money Train and Dead Bang. And Money Train is the Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson kind of right def- follow up to White Men Can't Jump. Definitely holds up, right? <laughs> it's such a weird movie uh i hadn't seen it since it came out and it's like all over the fucking place like it doesn't ever settle down onto one plot mm-hmm. there's like three or four plots going on and it never it's never clear which one is even like the main story really um so there are a couple cops who work the subway uh you know unit or whatever yeah busting people the transit on, unit. you know in the subways and stuff and they keep running afoul of robert blake who is the guy that runs the train system and he has the money train that comes through that's hauling all this cash from the banks or some shit uh, it is so weird now i can't it's not a good movie but it is pretty watchable like it's never boring you're always just kind of like what the hell are they gonna do next because the plot line there's the plot line to do with the money on the train and like how Woody Harrelson ends up wanting to steal it right um there's a plot of Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson are both into Jennifer Lopez who's a new cop on their squad right um there's a plot of uh Woody Harrelson owes the mob a bunch of money cuz he keeps losing these card games <laughs> and like taking a, is like, this the one stuff. is this the one where like there's a guy that keeps lighting people on fire yes and then okay. there's another one so there's another plot was chris cooper is like a weird serial killer arsonist guy yeah which is an awesome lights, yeah that's it's, a it's movie like a really, in itself it's a movie it could have been a movie by itself but it's just like a small side plot in this movie hmm. uh yeah it's just a mess of a movie but um but yeah like i said it's it's not boring uh and then i watched dead bang which is a Don Johnson film, action film from 1989. Um, this is him. He's a is a John Frankenheimer movie. Who uh, you know did some real bangers back in the day. And he did like he did Ronan was one that we've done on the show. He also unfortunately did Reindeer Games, right? Which was uh, really really fucking bad. But he did like the original Manchurian Candidate and stuff like that too. So, but this movie, uh, Don Johnson's like a sort of alcoholic divorced wife won't let him see the kids uh detective and he pick he gets this case uh, the cop was murdered and he's starts going after these white supremacists and he's aided by um William Forsyth mm-hmm. um who we know as the bad guy from uh uh, out for justice. Out for justice. Yeah, but yeah. he's plays such a different role in this movie. He's this really nerdy FBI agent, like really? Dudley Do Right type. I mean, he's awesome. He gets really upset with uh, Don Johnson for swearing too much and stuff, 
uh, and he's like, well, if you must know, I'm a Christian and I don't appreciate that kind of language. <laughs> and he like talks okay. in this weird nerdy voice through the whole movie. It's pretty fun. Um, but yeah, this is a fun movie. Like I had a lot of fun with this. Hmm. Uh, this is the kind of eighties trashy action thing I want to see. Nice. I mean, it's not stuff full of action set pieces, but, but the ones that are in here are good. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just fun characters. Uh, I like, for some reason we have, we have this thing, I think going on the podcast where, like an 80s movie where they go after white supremacists those are always fun i mean it's always a great plot point yeah and they're like yeah full-on in this movie um so yeah i had a good time with that and it is a christmas movie set at christmas time nice so dead bang i I feel like probably next year or something we should uh we We should should do it on the show yeah yeah i rewatched invasion usa because that is a christmas fuck yeah and that was a great time i had a good time with that is so good uh, and my wife and I went and saw The Boy and the Heron, the latest uh, Miyazaki movie. Got it at Spirited Away and okay. okay, all those. Yeah, yeah. The new one out in theaters, and we went and saw that. I really liked it. Not entirely sure what the fuck was going on. Right. It's a really weird movie. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I still had a good time with it. Last thing I'll mention I watched two New Year's Eve movies. I watched 200 Cigarettes, which was a 1999 movie with a huge cast. Ben Affleck, Casey Affleck, Dave Chappelle, Paul Rudd, um, Janine Garofalo is in it, Kate yeah, Hudson, I Courtney Love, it. Jay Moore. Um, yeah, it's kind of meh. Like, it feels like it should be good, but it's, it's like the, the script is not very good. And right. so, like, the dialogue between the characters, like, you're like, oh, I like all these people, and... The setting is good because it's like set in 80s New York and like, you know, the costuming is all good and the, the period details are all right and stuff. But no, none of the scenes are memorable. The, mm-hmm. the dialogue is really flat and just kind of lame. I don't know. Yeah. It just never actually gets to a level that you'd want it to. So it's it, it's just meh. Um, and then I also watched Terror Train, which is a New Year's Eve slasher with Jamie Lee Curtis mm-hmm. from 1980. I've seen that one before. That's a really fun movie think it's canadian production um the whole thing takes place on a train it's like a med students on this train having a party on new year's eve and there's someone on the train who wants to get revenge on some of them for reasons and uh he's on there he's disguising himself and he's murdering them off sort of one by one on this train it's kind of like uh they wanted to do like murder on the orient express except a slasher in a way yeah so uh, I, it's a really fun movie. It doesn't have the greatest kills. There's a couple of pretty good ones, but most of them are pretty meh kills. But mm-hmm. the story and the characters and stuff uh, make it all work. And nice. Yeah. So I uh, enjoyed it. Right on. Uh, well, yeah. So I haven't watched a whole lot uh, other than Christmas movies. And I don't remember what we talked about last time or if I even talked about them. But I watched Scrooge. I watched a movie called A Boy Called Christmas. Oh, I've heard that title, but I don't know what... It's from 2021. Yeah. It's a good movie to watch with the kids. Yeah. Kids really liked it. Uh, it's just like a different story, which is nice. It's not like the same Have old. you guys watched that animated one, Arthur Christmas, ever? That one's pretty good, uh, I thought. I, I watched have not. It, I watched it a few years ago. I thought, oh, this is actually pretty decent. No, I haven't watched that. Uh, and then I watched Killing Them Softly. Oh, yeah. I've been wanting to rewatch that. I remember um, when it came out, I didn't really like it. but I I've never seen it, so I don't know why. I think Netflix just said, hey, this is what you want to watch, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, watch that. I. It's Brad Pitt, right? Yeah, it's Brad Pitt. I liked it. I mean, it's kind of slow. It's a really slow burn. 
there's not a whole lot going on. Um, James Gandolfini was in it, right? Yeah, but it's, I like, it's like a different take on mobster and like modern mobster kind of. Yeah, yeah. I so. saw it in the theater and I remember I was like not into it and I, and I expected to be, but I was like, oh, I didn't like this. But then lately I was like, oh, people keep talking about, oh, no, no, that movie is underrated and stuff. So I was like, I should watch it again. Yeah, it just really got me thinking of like how things have changed, how they weren't what they used to be and how the mob operates differently. And so it was kind of interesting. And it was kind of like a, as I recall, it was like a political commentary kind of movie. Yeah. Because throughout the movie, there's, um, there's like different speeches from like the president from like George Bush, from Obama and whatnot. So, so it's trying to have a whole lot of political, right. Perspective or whatever. But, um, but yeah, so watch that. Uh, then I watched uh, Ocean's Twelve. Oh yeah, um, it was just on TV. Yeah, yeah. So uh, watch that. You know, it is what it is. Uh, and then I watched Notting Hill. Oh yeah, I kind of like that movie. Yeah, I liked it. Gene made me watch it a few years ago, and I was like, "Hey, this is not too bad for it, a romantic comedy." It's actually not bad. Yeah. Uh, it had so. some pretty funny bits in it. I yeah, think. definitely. Uh, and then. Like I said in the year in review, I watched um, Slow Horses. Right, yeah. Um, which... The spy show. Yeah, I really like that. And I think that's about it for now. Yeah, I haven't really watched too much. You didn't watch that AEW uh, pay-per-view? No, I didn't. Okay, there's some interesting outcomes. Okay, I need to watch Maybe we'll, that. we'll talk about that okay. off air after. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> so why don't we get to the movie we watched this week... Uh, Red Dawn. Let's roll a trailer. What's going on here, my friend? No, she had it. Come on, you This is the emergency broadcast system. We are under attack by conventional forces of the Russian army. It is believed the lead waves were disguised as commercial charter flights. Communications have broken down other parts of the country. Large areas of the Midwest may have been overrun. They know who all of you are. They're looking for you. You're 40 miles behind enemy lines. I just want to go home. I took a lot of people away. Where's my dad, Mr. Director? I want to love somebody, Andy. I'm going to die before it happens. They're going to kill us. All of us. So why should we be different? Because we live here. All right, Red Dawn, 1984, PG-13, hour 54 minutes. Definitely felt like that. (laughs) It is a long one. Um, So this is a Patreon pick from Ryan. Uh, So it is the dawn of World War III. In the West Mountains of America, a group of teenagers band together to defend their town and their country from invading Soviet forces. Wolverines! (laughs) Wolverines! <laughs> Wolverines! So i never seen this movie before. Oh, yeah, okay. I was wondering about that, if you'd seen it. Uh, you know, I never saw it until a few years back. I went on another podcast 
which damn i can't think of the name of it now i don't think it exists anymore okay and uh i I reviewed this with them and that was the first time i'd seen it so now here we are uh, finally getting it on our own uh our own show here um so i don't know what do you i'm curious what you think this is a weird movie so like it is long for sure and i feel like there is some stuff that could definitely be cut from this we'll get into a little bit of that but um there's a lot of things I like. And then there's just like just as many things that I don't like. I feel like in this movie, mm-hmm. it's kind of unwieldy. Like it's, there's a lot, there's a lot they try to fit in to this movie, which I guess is why it's two fucking hours long. But, um, yeah, there's a lot they try to fit in. They, they, I feel they drag it out a little while. Like they're trying to, build these relationships between these teenagers and but, the, like, but that's the funny thing they don't do a great job of that no they don't and like they like they have the, a lot of time to do that but that part never really comes to fruition like in terms of you know character development there's very little in the movie there's like a few little tiny arcs yeah um and i don't i like the idea of this roving band of teenagers that or like guerrilla fighters who just show up and, you know, attack these Russians. Well, they're like Russians, Cubans, Nicaraguans. For some reason, Mexicans are part of this yeah. uh, attack on America. Well, there's like a thing at the beginning and it kind of describes Yeah, it explains the, the situation a little bit. I think the opening is awesome, though, like when you're just at the high school and we get uh, the guy teaching and it's the it's the actor. I can't think of his name. The guy who always is the police chief who balls right. his, his cops out and everything. Um, and then, oh, Frank McRae, uh, who I just also watched him in Loaded Weapon 1. Oh, nice. A, a couple of weeks back, which he plays the exact same role in that where he screams at, uh, Emilio Estevez and Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I think that opening is really good. Like, it's just the kids, they're going to high school. Patrick Swayze drops off his little brother, Charlie Sheen, and another kid, and, they're learning in class about something and then boom all of a sudden they just look out the window and there's all these like parachutes guys coming down soldiers and frank mccray goes out the front door to be like what the hell's going on and they just blow him away and then there's like this huge attack man that's a lot of soldiers for one small texas town that doesn't seem like it's of any real importance well and and so like that's the thing like i don't really like, I get why it's filmed in a small town, you know, like there's budgetary reasons why you do what you, you're doing. But it just seems like, why this town? Well, I assume they're doing this in all the towns around the area. But, yeah, it seems like a very unimportant target to have that many resources go to. So, but that's something I was like, okay, well, whatever. It's just for the it's sake of It's just whatever movie. it is. It's, it, it's silly, But, like, the but headquarters is in this town... Yeah. Of this area. For this, for this area, know. yeah. Um, and then, oh, maybe because it was something about they had silos out in the desert there, near there or something. Okay. Missile silos or, oh, anyway. Um, yeah, and so then we get, we have scenes with this guy who's like the leader of this area. He's like, I think he's a, a Cuban guy Yeah. Uh, in charge of these soldiers. And um, there's a really weird arc with him in the movie that like doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It makes no sense. <laughs> That's like skipping to the end. That's why they. I feel like they threw in that like he's writing a letter to his his. Well, woman they started to show some signs like, of him having these doubts, like as the movie progressed earlier. But 
it was weird because in the early scenes, he's like a hard ass and he's having like these civilians executed because their kids might be the ones who are doing these guerrilla, you know, uh, attacks so that where they get in and out and like fuck up their soldiers and their tanks and stuff. Right. Um, and then later it shows that there's a couple scenes where he's like kind of talking, he's arguing with his like superior officer about like, we need to win their hearts and minds and not be doing all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, when, when did the change of heart happen? Cause you were the one like ordering these executions early. It's like, did they hire the actor to play the guy above him? Like halfway through shooting the movie or something. And then they were like, well now we have to have him have some sort of conflict with his higher ups or I don't know. It's like, they're trying I don't to know. There's just too much in the movie. And like, you don't need that, that arc with this guy. Like, I guess they want it just so they can have that end scene where he lets Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen leave. But, like, he never would have done that even with the stuff that we saw on screen, right? Right. I mean, that's just... no. I don't buy it. Yeah. Um, you could have easily chopped that out of the movie, that all that stuff with him. I don't uh, know. Just like, have him be full-on evil, like Invasion yeah, USA yeah. style. Just have him be full right? evil. Because that's the similarity here is in Invasion USA. All these guys come, come into America and ta- attack now... In Invasion USA, they're like terrorists, and in this movie, it's like a, a full-on war as being, uh, you know. I don't like. I have, like, it's hard for me to understand like what the motivation of what's going on. Like, I don't really like. This is the height of like Cold War, right? I know, okay. but like, that's why they just need to make it as. They're invading and they're just gonna kill everyone. And yeah, they don't they're really just care. bad guys, and 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 they do do a good job of being like these guys are really fucking bad. Yeah, here they are executing people in a fucking lineup. You yeah. Know? So, but then they try to like it's like they try to pull back from that, and they're like, what if we show that they're also humans? And it's like, well, okay, in real life they are, but like this is a, a silly action. Yeah, film. but at this so, like, point, and and this movie's already as like ridiculously patriotic as possible. Yeah. So like. But at that know. point in the movie where they're trying to like, let's pull back a little bit. It's like, it's already too late. Yes. You've already basically definitely spoon fed us that these guys are evil. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's a weird thing too. So I was reading a little bit on the background of the movie and it's directed by John Milius, who, you know, is a, is a fairly well-respected director and, and more so a screenwriter. Right. Um, you, you know, he wrote, um, he wrote apocalypse now and he wrote, uh, uh, clear and present danger he wrote extreme prejudice which we did on the show right jeremiah johnson stuff like that so he's a respected writer and he's directed you know he directed conan the barbarian and stuff like that dillinger but I, so i think what happened was the movie was going to hoorah america kind of direction which that is the overall feel of the movie no doubt and i think he wanted to be like oh uh this is too much we need to like try to have more of a balance or something in this in the present like because his idea was oh it's an anti-war movie because it shows like how terrible it would be and it would also show americans like what it's like to be invaded as opposed to being the ones always doing the invading right right um but the way that the movie comes across that's not it at all it's just like yeah america fuck these commies. it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> like, come across that way at all no i don't think so no weird but okay. that's what he wanted to, I think that's why you get some of those elements introduced. I feel like he's trying to like somehow 
counteract or balance it out in some way. Yeah. So the plot, I guess, is it comes from... Uh, so the plot of Soviet and Cubans invasion through invasion through Mexico is comes from like a CIA and war college study of us weaknesses at the time. Oh, okay. So that's kind of where that comes from. Yeah. And this was written by Kevin Reynolds who, um, we know, well, you know, he mostly was known for being a director later. Right. Uh, and directed Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, mm-hmm. Count of Monte Cristo, uh, one eight seven with Samuel Jackson, but mostly for our purposes, the director of one of the greatest films of all time, Waterworld. <laughs> oh man, Waterworld. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah. So it's a weird movie. So there are things I like though. Like I like I like Patrick Swayze. All right in this, he's he's decent. Um, all the kids as a whole can get annoying at times. They get a little. I don't know. Like there's a lot of crying scenes and stuff, which I get like it's supposed to be an extremely traumatic event. Well, it's setting it up right where you have Patrick Swayze and he's the older Charlie brother. Sheen. It's like outsiders all over again. Where exactly. He's, he's in charge of the kids. You have that moment gang. with their dad where they're like, don't you ever shed another tear? Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like he tries to kind of do that stuff. Later. Macho man <laughs> stuff. And of course, you're going to have Patrick Swayze cry. Yeah, later afterwards when he's not supposed to. He's telling them all, don't ever cry. I know. So it's like, it's trying to say like how complicated things are. It's not that easy. Of course. Like I get it. But I just feel like they don't go far enough with all of these character development. It's like you you need to like flush these out a little further. Definitely. Because I enjoy all these gorilla scenes where they attack. But the relationships between them are very, very ill-defined. And, like, we get a little bit of stuff, you know, like, I like C. Thomas Howell's, his progression. His He's the first one to find out that his dad died, and then he becomes, like, the most hardcore out of them. Right. Uh, I like that guy. He's the yeah. best. <laughs> um, I like that stuff. I like the girls. I like Jennifer Grey and Leah Thompson in this. Yeah. Um, they don't. They're not given very much, though. That's they're not the given problem. much to do in terms of character stuff. But the little that's there, I do like. Like, so they come in, and there's a scene where Charlie Sheen like tells them to like, why don't you wash the dishes yeah. or some shit? And, yeah. he, and they're like, fuck you, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Wash your own goddamn dishes. And then for the rest of the movie, like, they're just as much involved in all the guerrilla warfare stuff. Yeah. And there's just something really fun about seeing them fire these huge machine guns on, you know, turrets and stuff at, mm-hmm. at these warriors and stuff. And, um, you know, Gen- Jennifer Grey gets a, a pretty good death later in the movie yeah. when she's got the grenade under her and stuff. I don't um, like that whole sequence that led up to that. Oh, with the helicopters? I just stuff. felt it was like just cheap. Well, yeah. So it's an interesting thing, too, because obviously they spend a good, a pretty good amount of money on this movie. You, yeah. get, you get tons of big, huge explosions. Like the action set pieces are large. Um, you know, a lot of guns getting fired, a lot of bodies getting dropped, but then there's these moments where it's like, okay, they got these helicopters attacking them in the mountains. Great idea. Should be a really cool sequence. But then, yeah, like you said, it doesn't feel like it's just like the one, you know, Thomas C. Thomas Howell fires a a rocket launcher at one of the helicopters and I'm like, sweet, it's going to blow up. No, it somehow goes straight into the window on the side of the helicopter and just kills the guy inside the 
compartment so that they don't have to blow up a helicopter. Yeah, right? exactly. Which, okay, I get it, but it doesn't, it's not impressive <laughs> when you're watching this sequence. It should be like this huge moment in the movie. Honestly, um, like, I understand what they're kind of doing where they're in the mountains and they're like attacking all these yeah, different... Yeah, like hit and run, right? Yeah, like I get that. And, and like, I do like those scenes, but I feel there should have been a turning point where they're like, you know what? No, like no, like they do it. Actually, they they say no. We're gonna go rescue everyone, and there should have been a sequence in there where uh, the bad guys knew that they were gonna try and do this, and they get trapped basically. And then there's like a sequence where they have to like fight their way out, fight their know? way out, right? And then someone can die in there. I just find the like the food falling off the truck and then the helicopters and they're trying to trap them because then they bring in yet another character right this russian hunter guy who's like telling them how they're gonna use these certain tactics to to trap the wolverines because they've been i mean these kids have been doing pretty fucking good against this yeah like really good yeah like and you know a gorilla force can have that kind of success because you're in and out you know, you hit certain targets at a certain time. Yeah. You know, they're hitting these convoys of trucks or tanks or whatever. Um, and, the, and the more they kill, the more weapons they get for themselves, you know, and they've got rocket launchers, they've got machine guns and all this stuff. I love, I do like, you know, when they're like tossing grenades inside the tanks and stuff, all those pretty good shots. Oh, yeah, but, totally. And um, I do, I do like the sequence where um, it turns out that they made the one kid swallow a tracker yeah yeah like so you i got do. a traitor he's the it's the politician's son of course of course it we is. see the politician's like slime bag who's he tells them which families they should kill because i know that's brutal yeah uh, i liked all that stuff i thought that was good angles but it's like there's too many things to try to pay attention to and you don't ever really uh develop any one of them like to a satisfying degree because you're trying to do this you're trying to do this you're trying to do this so i mean like here's the thing like there are a lot of things to like about the movie Mm -hmm. it's just i don't know like for me it's the flushing out the characters more um maybe there's too many of them but like i wouldn't want to cut any of them too like it's kind of like yeah but it's also a little yeah. too long for me because it drags a bit so it's like i'm not really sure yeah how do you fix this right i mean my my thing to fix everything is more brutality <laughs> that's how i see it like and it's it's pretty brutal for it is pretty brutal. for a pg-13 uh movie and also by the way the first ever PG-13 movie. Oh, really? Yeah. So like Spielberg got them to introduce that rating for his upcoming, uh, not Raiders of the Lost Ark, the uh, Temple of Doom. Oh, okay. But before that came out, this this came out, and it was the first one to be given the, the PG-13 rating. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it is fairly brutal for what, you know, for this rating and stuff, um, as much as you could be with this. I mean, if you wanted to go R, that would be even better, of course. But obviously, they were trying to pull in a younger audience, too, with this. Because it's about a bunch of teenagers um, fighting back. Uh, we do get another character introduced, though, that team teams up with them. Powers Booth shows up. <laughs> I did enjoy his bits. And that's the only other little character bit we get with Leah Thompson, is that she falls in love with this old, much older <laughs> soldier. <laughs> Which I felt like, okay, like... 
it was just a little too much for me that yeah bit yeah I mean, I could get from her side. I can understand. Yeah, you fall in love with the teacher or whatever. Yeah, I I get it. But, but I mean, so Powers Booth, he's like, he comes in, but... He's these, a pilot, he crashes, but these, she, ca- she finds him. These kids are like running circles around him. Yeah, well, yeah, because he's, he's older. <laughs> I No, I know, but like... He's also a pilot, not like a ground... Soldier. Don't you have base camp? Like yeah, you'd, base, have, you'd have to have your basic uh, basic stuff. training. Yeah, uh, but he I, he. I mean, tactic wise, I think he he's supposed to have helped them in the yeah. film because he's like, oh, we're gonna do this and we're gonna come in, you know, straight from this side, whatever, you know. Okay, so Except he's kind of dumb and he gets himself yeah, he's, killed he's pretty so easily <laughs> in the movie. So I don't understand in that part where he gets himself killed. So we're led to believe that there's U.S. tanks now there. So there's this, yeah, they tr- they go to this open area, and I, he wants to get across, I guess, to get back to where his base was or whatever, and that's where there's, like, a lot of full-on war being waged with jets and, and tanks and whatnot. Right. They're trying to get across that terrain, and they end up, like, under one of the tanks, basically, like, right in front of it, and then there's another one across, but that part, the whole scene is kind of weird because I don't know why Powers Booth ever climbs up on the tank he's just like i'm gonna take this tank out and he tells the one kid like no no you stay down there by yourself like or stay with the other guys i'm just gonna do this by myself but why does he feel the need to do that like in that way like they've been the kids have been we've seen them do all these smart smart guerrilla tactics throughout yeah. the whole movie of you know hitting a certain target at a time and then getting out right uh, they, I feel like they're smarter than him because he's just like, no, we'll uh, run up to this tank and try to do something, even though there's another tank right there, and like, it just doesn't doesn't seem like something they would have attempted. Um, it's very odd. It's a weird scene, and then of course that kid won't get down, and he's like, no, I'm staying with you, and, and he gets shot to death. Right. Um, he's one of the less important kids. I don't even know his name, but, um. And then, of course, they have their, like, rock face where they carve each kid's name when he dies and stuff. I mean, I do like that at the end where they have a memorial. Yeah, there's a monument or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's such a strange movie. It's very odd. Like, there's so many fun elements. And, I mean, fun is a weird way to put it because it's trying to be pretty serious. Like, this is World War III, like, America could, could possibly disappear sort of thing. And they want that to be very serious, of course, because it's, you know, these are American kids and they learn to hunt and fish in these mountains and play football players and all that kind of stuff. And then. But that's why I think it just doesn't go far enough. Yeah. Like, well, well, I do like the traitor scene like that goes that goes the right way where like even Patrick Swayze can't bring himself to shoot the traitor kid. The, yeah. The and mayor's then your son. buddy. And then, yeah, my favorite character, the one who's like a total <laughs> hard ass is like fuck this and just like blows him away uh he had the best arc <laughs> <laughs> that's true uh, yeah i don't know it, it is a weird movie it's it's trying to be serious but also like i don't know like a fun kids, kids yeah that's the thing right like it's like, like i guess you know in the 80s you had a lot of these type of things where it's like the kids go on an adventure and like they don't need the adults and like they handle these adult situations. I'm thinking uh, even something like stand by me, where it's just like four kids and they're going to find a dead body. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. And they deal with all this stuff. And, 
Um, even or even the Goonies, which of course is light, much lighter fare and adventure, but it's like it has its like gory kind of moments and scares and whatever. Yeah, but this is dealing with some heavy, this is some shit. heavy shit, and it's like teenagers fighting a war. Um, but it it doesn't ever the seriousness of it seriousness of it doesn't ever feel like it really totally works because it's just so rah rah America. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't know what you could have done. Like, that's the thing I'm saying to you. Like, how would you fix this movie? Because yes, there is some stuff that you could chop out of this for sure, but I'm not sure that would fix it. Like you'd have to add other things if you chopped those things out to make this to, like we said, to flesh out these characters, these kids. Like I want to know more about them so that I'm more invested in it when they die. I care more, you know, like, yeah. Um, but it's also like, you know, when the kids, like when Patrick Swayze and, uh, Charlie Sheen go into town mm, and uh, then they, like at the end, uh, no, oh, oh, earlier, no yeah. earlier when they go to the concentration camp. Right. Um, see their dad, they see their Harry dad Stanton. I'm just like, there's no way they could just walk around town and not be stopped. Yeah. Well, there's this weird thing where like, there are still civilians are still kind of allowed to move around in town once it's been taken over by the, the commies. Like they're allowed yeah, to move I around except that. for the ones who have been put in the, the prison camps. Right. Um, I know, but like me, they I'm, I'm not militarily trained whatsoever, but mm-hmm. my first thing would be like, who are the people that are going to be physically abled people that right. will attack? Right. Young men. Mm-hmm. Well, you would think young men, you would round them up, <laughs> right? Yeah. These right. young guys are just walking around town together, yeah, yeah. a group of them. Well, and also like they, they knew which ones were missing and they weren't, and like that they needed to find cause they had these lists of like, okay, these right. people weren't amongst the ones that we captured. And we think that it's maybe these certain kids are the ones who are attacking us, but nobody's like, who are you? Let me see your ID or some, you know, some shit yeah. like that, like yeah. in the street. Uh, Jennifer Gray briefly gets stopped by one soldier, but that's because he's like hitting on her. Um, and she put the bomb she inside the, bomb the store. Inside. I don't know. There's lots of, see, like that stuff is fun too. See, I like that. Yeah. I love all that, that stuff that where they're showing them and they're spray painting Wolverines on the sides of the tanks and the, I like that the too. building stuff. Yeah. That's good. So there's like all these things that work and then all this shit that doesn't work. And it's just all, intertwined and I don't know how you pull it apart and make something good out of this. Maybe the answer is in the, uh, the remake with, uh, Chris, <laughs> Chris. Hemsworth. Have you seen it? No. Oh, I haven't seen it. I can't imagine it's good. I can't imagine. Um, yeah. 2012. Uh, oh yeah. We got, uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, Josh Hutcherson from the hunger games movies is in that oh, thing. Okay. Adrian Palecki was in it from uh, Friday night lights. Yeah, I don't know. I can't imagine that's good. Oh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's in it, and I think he's playing the, uh, I think he's playing the the Powers Booth role. Oh, okay. You know Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah. 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 I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> um, I do like Powers Booth in this, but he's just around so short. Like, I just like him because I like him as an actor. Yeah. And he's fun to see on screen all the yeah. time. But he his character is kind of dumb in this. Um. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I don't know what, what was going on in that scene. To, like, there's there's just a lot of, like, sitting around 
at times too. I know. And it's like, they want to show the camp life, which makes sense. But like, then they don't actually show anything interesting happening in camp life. It's like, they're sitting around the fire. They're cooking soup. Yeah. There's not an interesting conversation that happens really other than maybe the one confrontation with Charlie Sheen and the, and the girls. There's not anything really interesting that happens there except for Patrick Swayze, like kind of shouting at them and telling them, we I do got to harden up. We got to do this. Yeah. You know, we gotta, <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. Like as it progresses, they get like better gear and yeah, more yeah. weapons. I do like that. And they don't even have to explain it. Cause you just can easily say, think, oh, okay. Yeah. They, you know, they kill all those guys that have all of that course, snow they get gear, the gear and they get all the gear. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I like that scene where those three soldiers, the Russians are on the, hill oh, in yeah. the park and they keep they ask, yeah they ask him to like translate <laughs> the sign and he translates <laughs> yeah. it completely wrong yeah i thought that was pretty funny and they're like taking pictures and stuff and then they and then it goes into you know a scene where they see the kids on the hill and then like they chase them but then the kids take them out uh, i thought that was really good that whole sequence yeah it's like their first first yeah their first real or, kill yeah yeah um i thought that was well done it's, it's just a, I don't even know. It's just such a weird movie because, as many things as I like, there's that uh, there's yeah. there's some, it's like everything you like. There's just an, as many things to, and that's the thing to like, frustrate you about it. There are some really cool things. I just I, it's kind of a weird one because I I can't really pinpoint exactly what the problem is. I know, and I feel like usually you're like, oh, this is what we would do. We do this, bang, bang, yeah, bang. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't know with this one. I think there's almost like too many things going on. Like the whole, like the main, uh, the main bad guy, his character arc is like horrible where he, right. All of a sudden, like lets them go at the end, lets them go. And then there's also the scene where he's telling his commander, like, well, I'm on the side of the partisans or like, I like, you know, he's like talking or the insurgents and stuff like that. Right. Um, it's just weird. It's It's just a weird flip in the movie that doesn't, it really makes sense and we could have taken that all out of there and just had them be bad guys and that would have been simplified that whole matter yeah um it, you also get a lot of the stuff with them talking to the mayor and whose family is what and like we could you know there's a lot of that stuff that we could do without yeah you can cut all that out i mean i i, I kind of like it in the in the sense that um we get to see like this politician character who's like, you know, obviously looking out for him and his kid more than anyone else in the town. Uh, the way that plays out, I think is a, a cool idea, but it's like, do we need that in this movie? You don't need it because you already had that with the, that kid that was the politician's kid. You already had that interaction where it's like, we should just surrender. Yeah. He right? wanted to surrender it. Right so the you already like had his dad, that his pussy dad, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you already had that. So I don't think you needed anything more to explain yeah. that. Of course he got caught and he has a transmitter in his stomach. Right. Right. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a confusing one because I can see why they did the things that they did. But at the same time, it's like, I think we need to lose that somehow or that needs to be replaced with something else that's actually going to fortify the movie in ways that would make it a yeah. better watch overall. Yeah. Because like, like I, I, I'm not bored during the movie. It, it does feel a bit long. I get that they want you to have that sense of like how much time has passed. 
we go through the months, you know, like we get into the winter months and that's cool. And, you know, see all those sequences, but, um, you know, obviously this can't be like, Oh, this took place over the weekend kind of a thing. It's like a big event, right? Um, yeah, it's long drawn out. Like I get that. It's just, still feels a bit long. It's still like you either need to simplify the script, make the bad guys, just bad guys, uh, more brutality, or it needs to be like a mini series, (laughs) right? Where you can flush out all the characters and you can spend more time. That would have been interesting. Uh, especially a mini series for, for the time period. Uh, would have been interesting to see what they did with that. But you know what I mean? Because then you can have, like, more time to, like, get to know these characters and, like, all their storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like a six episode or something. Whatever. Right, because you can imagine, like, how much more impactful would it be, like, when Jennifer Grey's character dies or, like, when C. Thomas Howell gets blown away by the helicopter or whatever, um, if we had that time to to really know these characters and care about them, uh, all their f- flaws and their strengths and all that stuff. Cause honestly, other than your favorite character and, <laughs> uh, Patrick Swayze and Sh- Charlie Sheen, like when everyone else dies, it's kind of like, okay. Yeah. Like there's I'm, not a whole lot of, yeah. Like Jennifer gray gets the decent death, but like the other kids that like the one on the tank, you know, he just kind of gets blown away and they're like, okay, whatever. And like another one dies over here and it's like, Oh oh, yeah. Which guy was that? Jimmy? I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Um, there's a couple, but they have those ones that are like the extra ones, you know, so that they can be the ones to die first. No, I understand that. And then two of them get away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, Leah Thompson and the other one younger kid, they, they send them off at the end, Patrick Swayze and, and Charlie Sheen are like, you guys, somebody has to live. So you guys go and we're going to go into the teller story. We're going to go into the base and raise some havoc. And I, I think that stuff's fun at the end when they go in and they're shooting the rocket launcher into the trailer where the, the big right. <laughs> boss Russian guy is the hunter guy comes after them. Somehow he knows they're on the train. I don't know how he knew that. I have no idea. Did he, was he supposed to have seen them like run on and jump onto it? No, he was looking around like, where are they? Where are they? But he's like waiting by the train. I know. And then he's like, there they are behind the thing. Somehow he knows and he shoots, uh, shoots one of them off, shoots Charles Sheen. Um, they should have brought that guy in earlier. Yeah. And it should have been more like. They or, were trying to hunt him in the woods. Like they, like this guy was trying to hunt them in the woods. Mm. And of course, these kids know the woods because they grew up. Right, in the they woods. grew up there. I thought I would. They should have done more of that stuff with the town too. Like, yeah, the kids know the town, and these fuckers don't know the town. They could have, you know, been exploiting That's that true. in ways. That's true. But uh, well, why not? Why they should have? What they should have done is just had that character amalgamated with the other main bad guy, so that he was one person. Right. Whereas, like, he's this guy. He is this hunter guy. He's going to figure out how to get them. Like, at first, he's, like, letting his underlings kind of go after them, and that's not right. working out. So now he's like, okay, I, clearly I have to take charge of this situation myself as an experienced hunter, and this is what we're going to do. And then you could have, you know, that's a whole lot less fat. Um, yeah, and then you could have had, like, an awesome kill of mm-hmm. that guy. Right. And instead it, of spreading it out over like three different sort of bad guys and, and been kind of like a, um, like there's that moment where 
he gives like some kind of expression of like he knows he fucked up and that they got the better of him. Yeah. But he like respects it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he just accepts that he's gonna die. I I didn't mind the way that they he like Patrick Swayze used like the six shooter on him, like the the pistol and right. was like you lose and like did the quick draw, but he wasn't even quick enough because he still got a shot. I know. <laughs> shot. I, know. I was like, why would you had the drop on the guy? All you had to do is sh- shoot him, but you had to wait till he turned around so you could uh, really let him know that he, he was getting one, one over on Cause you. they have to die, I guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, and that, and I'm, I'm okay with them dying because it's like, okay, well realistically, how are these two kids going to get out of this, this fort, right. Or this uh, base of operations yeah. on their own. But yeah, it was just like a silly wave in the sense because it's like I like that he used the six shooter and yeah. blasted him down with that. Yeah. But it was like okay, you have the drop on him. It was his just, dad's six shooter. Just shoot him, right? Yeah. And I love the dad when he's in the jail and Harry Dean Stanton, and he's like, "Avenge me!" Yeah, yeah, I, I did like that. But that's the thing. Like these guys are, you know, they're mostly teenagers. I think Patrick Swayze is supposed to be maybe nineteen or right. twenty. Yeah. Um, but it's like you're already, you know, you're already foregoing reality because these kids who have no military training yeah. are getting the best of these guys. So like, why not just lean into it more? Mm-hmm. You know. Like, Which the 80s usually did with this kind of thing, like, right? Why aren't they having fist fights where they're just taking out, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, obviously, these soldiers, you would think that they would have, you know, um, they'd be better trained. Mm-hmm. They would have well, more. from Russia. They would have more muscles, you know, things like that, as opposed to these teenagers. <sighs> but they do play football. They play so. football. That's why they can throw a grenade directly into the top of a They should have had an exploding football. Oh, I like that idea. See, that's totally ace. <laughs> that would have been good. In the scene, if they had a couple of them get captured, and then one of them over the fence is like, here, this football has been rigged. And then they like play football with the soldiers like one day. Like, let's play some football. And then, uh-huh. here, go long. Boom. Yeah. Nice. Uh I mean, you gotta, like I that think that's f- it. You got to either make it more 80s cheese like most of these movies would have been. Yeah. Or, I don't know, more brutal, I guess. It's like that Frisbee from uh, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) That's what you got to do. Exploding football. (laughs) Good. They put razor blades in the football. (laughs) Shreds the guy's hands. It's like really silly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's the kind of movie I'd watch. I know, because this this one, it's just just trying so hard to be a serious thing. And... It feels really cheesy, you know, because of the, the the pro-America stuff, but just like, I don't know. I didn't even think it was that pro-America. I mean, it feels pretty hoorah to me, a lot of it. Yeah, I guess, but I mean, you didn't see a lot of American flags and them talking about America. No, but there's like, you know, they're going to get, the, the people are getting executed, so they start singing the national anthem. And well, yeah, people are stupid, though. <laughs> There, I can totally see it like they're singing like Oh Canada or some shit. It's like is that one nobody of, fucking you know, does the, that. The jet or the helicopter comes over. Is that one of ours? Yeah. Woo. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> there's that stuff. Um and you know Is that of course, one of ours? <laughs> <laughs> the idea that like these American teenagers could somehow be good enough to fight back against these soldiers from other countries. Um 
Yeah, I don't know. So I guess at the end, are we supposed to believe that eventually America won and took back the country? Yeah. Because we have the monument there for the, the kids. I think that's what you're supposed to believe. Yeah. Because America. I wonder if they were getting th- like partway through the movie. They're like, we're not going to be able to show how this turns out. Like, this movie's like too too long already. We're not going to be able to... It's got to have a little capper Two-parter. On yeah, it's part two. <laughs> it's got to have a little capper on here that lets people know. Yeah. I mean, I'd be curious, you know, we should have asked Ryan, like, what, one, why did he pick this movie? Well, he brought it up a long time ago, and I think it was, like, after Russia had invaded the Ukraine. Oh. He's like, you guys got to do Red Dawn. Uh, so we're maybe a little <laughs> late on that. Right. Not super topical. But hey, you know, what if Russia wins and then they come over here next, James? I mean, we're we going to be Wolverines or what? <laughs> I don't know. You know, let's go to my dad's house and get some of his guns. Yeah, well, <laughs> I got some guns. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was thinking actually during watching this movie that um, there was a, a comic that came out about America invading Canada. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we stand on guard. I yeah, have it. it's over on the shelf over there. So I haven't read it, but it's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, well, I kind of know what would happen, but it's nice to imagine that, you know, you would have an underground that would fight against them. Yeah, it's, it's a fun uh, notion anyway. I mean, like I said, it's nice to imagine mm-hmm. that that's how it'd go. I'm sure there I would imagine be- the people you'd have to team up with for that. Oh, I'm sure there's lots of people that'd be like, yeah, America, come on in. Fuck yeah. Mandate freedom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you all do the fuck Trudeau stickers on their, oh, yeah. on their raised pickups and stuff like that. That, uh, they'd be the survivalists, right? Yeah. Uh, <sighs> we'll be the first to go. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you guys didn't keep any guns, did you? Huh? Yeah, they'll be Bunch like of liberal cucks. Well, like here on episode two ninety, you talked about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, should we get to the ratings? You got anything more you want to add? Um, I don't know. I don't. I, th- I think that's. I feel like this episode sucks. Because <laughs> like I don't really have a whole lot to put into this. Well, this is a hard one. It's a hard one to judge. Because it's not like fun, where you talk about all the fun things. I mean, the I think the gorilla scenes are kind of fun, but it's the whole tone of the movie that's not like a fun tone, right? Um, I don't know. It's a, This is a hard one to judge. Let me put in my numbers here. All right. Well, I'll do my ratings first. Um, so plot, I gave five. Kills, action kills, five. Pacing, three. A little hard on the action kills. <laughs> really? I mean, I don't know. The gorilla stuff is fun. I, I guess. I'm not, I'm it's not just not to, enough. I'm not trying to make you change your... Uh... Um, you're only one more than me, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> A deserving uh, one more. Yeah. <laughs> Quotes and tropes, five. Personal reaction, three. Uh, Overall, yeah. 4.2 for me. Wow, wow. Um, <laughs> okay, so... Uh, yeah, my plot's also a five is like, I really like the idea, but just the way that it plays out is not really satisfactory to me. And like the stuff, the specific things they do in the plot are, are not great. Uh, action and kills. I gave six. Uh, I enjoyed all those gorilla scenes and there's quite a few of them. Um, 
not all of them are are amazing and you know it's kind of the same in a sense it's the same thing over and over again where they show up they shoot at a bunch of guys but I, I think it's kind of fun the, the teenagers <laughs> blowing these guys away uh pacing i gave a five quotes and tropes i gave a five overall reaction of five so it's a 5.2 for me overall you know like i was just thinking like it, it's got this weird mix of like uh, a Western with a, you know, some of these older war movies, they kind of like, they had this where they just dragged and they had like, you know, sporadic scenes where they're attacking the enemy. And so it's like, it is very much like those kinds of movies. Oh, yeah. I think it is but, trying to pattern itself after some older war movies, for but sure. But it's like, I don't know, for being in the 80s and what they're trying to do, I think it kind of misses. Well, I think it's just in the 80s, and we think of action films from that era, they're all usually such excess. Like, you think of something like Rambo 2 or something like that. Right. Or Commando or, or whatever. Um, and this is doesn't go to those levels because specifically because it's a teenage movie and it's not like well, it's, it's not PG going 13. for the full R right yeah so you kind of lose a little bit of, you want that that ridiculous over the top excess you can't have it in this because of the audience they're going for um so that also kind of hurts it in a sense right but okay so so overall score of 4.7 which means we got a big old tie at number 185 with The Transporter, Under Siege, mm. Punisher Warzone, oh, wow. World War Z, mm. and Jurassic Park 3. Okay. I think I know where I would put it. Do you, you, got, you got a notion? I have no idea. I think I'd put it before World War Z. Um, what, was the, what was the head of that? Uh, Punisher Warzone. Yeah, I, I I think I have more fun with Transporter, uh, more fun with Under Siege. Under Siege for sure. Hell yeah. Um, and definitely Punisher. So I think uh, yeah, World War Z. I I don't love. It's a modern zombie movie. It's got some good sequences, but don't really doesn't really do much for me, honestly. Um, and then uh, what was the other one you had below that? Uh, Jurassic Park 3. Jurassic Park 3. I kind of I kind of don't hate Jurassic Park 3, but everyone else does, so. <laughs> is that the Vince Vaughn one? No, that's 2. I oh, hate 2. 2 oh, is two. terrible. I can't remember what 3 is. 3 is the one where you've got uh the annoying wife from Bad Boys. She Tia Leone. Um her and they hire Sam Neill, William H. Macy and her hire Sam Neill to go back to the island because their kid got lost on it. But they oh, pretend right. it's for a different reason and they trick him to get to the island. And Right. Uh, yeah. I think there's some fun stuff in that movie, but it's, yeah. it's by no means great. All right. Well, I agree. Sure. Sure. Why not? Why not? Uh, that seems, a whole, seems to sum up your whole attitude about this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah whatever. Uh, so that's new number 188. Yeah, sorry, Ryan. I, I don't know if he's a I don't know if he's like a huge fan of this movie. I uh, have to talk to well, him. Well, that's what I mean. Like, talk to him I don't know. Later. Like, I feel bad, Ryan. Sorry. I'll have, to, I'll have to hit him up on Instagram. But um, um, I don't like. I don't hate the movie. Like, there's a lot of things I like about it. It's just, uh, it's kind of a broken movie in a lot of ways. Like, feels like it needs a lot of repairs, and I don't even know what where to start. Yeah, I honestly. Yeah, to me, it's just got to be shorter and more violent. <laughs> there you go. So. Okay, well, um, that's it, I guess. So, 
you can catch us on Instagram at Action Action Podcast. Our list lives on Letterboxd uh, under Action Action. And uh, yeah, think about becoming a, a Patreon follower. Um, that's where you can get access to uh, over 200. Well, you can get access to 200 back episodes. Yeah. Um, that you can't. First 200 we did. You can't currently get now. Um, and we there's a some, bunch of bonus got, content. Yeah, yeah, bonus content. We got merch. We got, uh, um, you know, if you join at the high the high tier, you can make us watch movies that you want us to review. Like Red Dawn. Like Red Dawn. And I can put together a horrible episode for you. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so looking forward to the new year. Um, and thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next week. Bye.